welcome to this week's episode of Do You Still Like Me? A podcast for the unhinged by the unhinged. My name is Jace. And my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. <laughs> <laughs> We've been, I've been waiting to make that joke all day. I'm sorry. But anyway, I think we all know why we're here, what I'm talking about. I don't think I need to make any introductions uh, because uh, the d- big things are happening in Reland, and Reland <laughs> is going off. Welcome to the My Chemical Remance podcast. Um, <laughs> MCR is back, baby! Yeah! Oh my god! Um, yes, uh, I'm currently having the best time of my life. Um, uh, it, oh my god, I don't even know where to fucking start. I don't know where to start, Jace. Um, so in the uh, in the couple of weeks since we have last uh, last spoken and last recorded, there have been many things happening in Emo Land. Um, <laughs> My Chemical Romance released their first new song for the first time uh, since 2014, uh, so nearly a decade, and they are on tour. They are live. They are playing shows again. They are over in the UK right now. They have played. Uh, let me see. They have played six shows so far. I have written down a list of the shows they have played. <laughs> um, fuck, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to like. You can see how I am right now. Talk us through the moment you found out that My Chemical Romance had released a new song. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back on my Twitter and we're going to take a look. Um, It was, (laughs) oh God, I think it was a Friday. Let's fucking check. I'm going to have to scroll back because it has been two weeks, unfortunately, again, because of who we are as people. We are trying to get on top of it. I promise. (laughs) Okay. Where are we? Fuck. Oh, I've got to scroll for a bit. I've got to scroll. Where are we? Where are we? Um, While you're scrolling, I might just quickly plug another project of mine. Oh, yes. Yes, please. The people need to know. I have started a second podcast and it is covering Big Brother Australia from 2001. It's with my friend Marianne. And if you would like to listen to it, it is called Marianne and Jace to the Diary Room. And basically, we just talk about Big Brother from the 2000s, and we're re-watching them all and recapping them, and we're very funny, and we have correct opinions, and <laughs> if that interests you, you can go and subscribe and listen to the first few episodes, because we have a couple up. And uh, yeah, that's my plug. Yay, plug! <laughs> um, yes, I'm very aware of how funny and correct you are, so I'm sure this will be a blast. And we have spoken. <laughs> Thank you. We have spoken of our love for 2000s Big Brother on this podcast yes. before, so I will certainly be an avid listener of this new project of yours. Thank as you. As if you didn't already have enough to do. <laughs> they already have their hands full yeah. with me, like, and they're like, "Oh, let's just yep. let's start another podcast." More Still work. podcast. It's it's basically me forcing people to listen to me talking about one of my special interests. Yeah. They I mean that's that's what this episode is gonna be. (laughs) Exactly. I I can't exactly talk. I mean I can talk and I will talk for roughly an hour and a half. (laughs) Okay, so on the 13th of May, which would have been the 12th of May in the States, but it was the 13th of May. Friday the 13th? Yeah, Friday the 13th. Friday the fucking 13th. I woke up. I do you know I you do my usual thing. Of, uh, of opening Twitter as soon as I wake up because of who I am as a person. <laughs> That's our newspaper. Yeah. Twitter is our newspaper. Twitter is our new- It's where I get my news because I don't trust 
if I if I say what I was about to say, I'll sound like a fucking conspiracy theorist alt right nut. But Do I, but I don't trust I don't trust the media, um, <laughs> and you shouldn't. And you shouldn't. Um, yeah, at eight twenty eight a.m., I was brought. Uh, uh, my attention was brought to the fact that My Chemical Romance have released a song. Not only are they going back on tour, they're actively playing shows again. They have released a new song, and with this new song has come current pictures of the band, uh, mm-hmm. of which I immediately made them my cover photo on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the new song is called The Foundations of Decay, uh, because fucking emos. Um, it is six minutes long. Uh, a lot of it harkens back to, uh, honestly, bits and pieces of their earlier work. You get to hear Gerard doing his fucking metal screaming in it. It's amazing. Uh, lots of distortion. A lot. A few people have complained about the production. They're like, oh, it's like, you know, the, the, the music is drowning out Gerard's vocals. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, that is a stylistic choice and I will fight you. Also, have you not listened to their earlier work? Like, the whole point of their earlier work is a lot of it was very chaotic. It was kind of like the music and Gerard were almost fighting each other for attention. And it's very fun. And you just need to shut up and have fun and enjoy the fun song and enjoy the fact that they released a song and it's great. Uh, So I spent the rest of the day, (laughs) which you would well know, Jace, because you had to put up with me for the rest of the day. I I had to work that day. Luckily, I was working yes. from home. I was working from home that day, which could not have been better timing. Um I was having a full-on me- meltdown the whole day. Like the whole day I was just going absolutely insane. There was crying, there was lying face down on the floor, there was running around the house listening to the song at top volume and just like wildly flailing my limbs everywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. there was, uh, just me being obsessively on Twitter, uh, looking for any and all new content that was being posted of the band. I had to do a couple of, uh, wellness checks (laughs) on you. You basically did. I was not, I was not coping and I feel kind of bad because my other- You were not okay, you promise? I was not okay, I promise. I also feel kind of bad because my other favorite band, Waterparks, also released their new song on the same day. So my poor little rat brain couldn't take it, but I feel kind of- You mean- you mean your mutual Twitter oh. friends, Waterparks? Yes, my mutual Twitter friends, Waterparks. Waterparks follows me on Twitter now. Uh, Austin, I know you're not listening to this. Uh, hi. No, you're listening. He's listening. Austin, I mean... you know you're listening. <laughs> I, you re- I really hope he doesn't um, because then <laughs> he's going to be like, who is this insane person that I have for some reason uh, uh, let myself follow on Twitter? Um, but Guys yeah. who look like that love insane <laughs> people so i think you're okay it's 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 very fair um and that's why i like guys that look like that because they go well with people that look like me and act like me they're allies <laughs> they're allies they're, they're crazy person allies um so yeah but it kind of overshadowed it a little bit because all of the emos were like oh my god mcr oh also Waterparks is here but mcr <laughs> how do you think austin would have felt realizing I mean, that on the same day that he was dropping his music, <laughs> yeah. MCR dropped theirs. I mean, I think he was probably pretty happy about it because he's a really big MCR fan. Um, I'm pretty sure they cancelled a show once so that they could go and see MCR. That might have been just like a joke, but it's it's not something I would put past them. Um, and also, literally, Mikey Way, the bassist for My Chemical Romance, has played bass for Waterparks before. So, like, they all know each other. 
they're aware of each other. So doesn't mean you can't be jealous of your friends or annoyed oh, yeah. that they're stealing your thunder. I am constantly jealous of my friends and annoyed that they're stealing my thunder. <laughs> but in this case, you need to step back and just accept that it's My Chemical Romance time, baby. The best band in the world is back. <laughs> So yeah, um, and I don't know if it was that same day or the day after, but it was very soon after they played their first concert for the year. Um, They're going to be playing a lot of shows like for the rest of this year and like the start of next year. It's ridiculous. I I, I hope they're going to be okay because they're all like 45 year old (laughs) men now. 45 year old men. They're middle aged. That's middle aged. 45 year old men that I am desperately attracted to and do not care about their age. You've been attracted to 45 year old men since you were 16. So yes. And you've known me since before I was 16, so you know this to be yes. true. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, they played two shows at Eden Project, three shows in Milton Keynes. They've played sh- two shows in Dublin, and I think today they played a show in Manchester. Um, literally all of my social media has just been MCR. I go on TikTok. It's concert footage. Uh, I go on Twitter. It's concert footage, it's <laughs> new photos, it's people freaking out about things because they're playing a lot of their old stuff as well, like songs that they haven't played since, like, 2007. They're playing stuff from their first album. They're playing, like, B-sides. Um, like, uh, there's a couple of songs that were, like, B-sides for the Black Parade and they've played those. They played a B-side, they played a couple of B-sides for um, their Danger Days album, which are, like, these, like, one-minute, very short, very punchy, ridiculous punk songs. Jace, my heart is full. My heart is full, my brain is wet. <laughs> well, I bet that's not the only area of you that's wet at the thought hey! of my Romance returning. Yes, pretty much, pretty much. Um, I've just had a lot of trouble processing things over the past couple of weeks, I'll tell you what. Um, and also something that I like is that Gerard has now started a running gag of yelling the word rats into the microphone, which, knowing me as you know me... You're a fan. I, I love rats. Uh, that's, that's a big thing about me. I'm the rat king. I love rats. I am a rat. Um, so I just, like, I... I can't form sentences right now. I'm, I'm so sorry to anyone listening to this. You need to understand that this is literally a life-changing moment for me. And I feel like if you've been listening to this podcast at all, especially if you've been listening from the start, you will understand uh, that this band is very, very important to me and has shaped who I am as a person. Uh, and me being who I am as a person is why you have this podcast. So in a way, don't we all owe My Chemical Romance for this podcast i think we do and i think we should thank them <laughs> and then in a way don't we also owe 9-11 <laughs> have we talked about the 9-11 to my chemical romance pipeline before we have and it goes even further than that so uh just to recap uh gerard started my chemical romance after literally witnessing 9-11 because he worked in new york at the time i'm pretty sure he was working as an animator or something for cartoon network he was like pitching shows Um, he saw 9-11 happen literally in front of his fucking eyes. Uh, he turned around and walked home. This man lived in New Jersey. He walked home from New York after witnessing 9-11. I think I would too. It's a very traumatic event. Uh, but that caused him to write the first ever My Chemical Romance song, which is called Skylines and Turnstiles, uh, off their first album. Uh, you brought me your bullet. Oh wait, I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love, uh, which was released in 2002, I believe. Um, <laughs> Jace is just sitting there, arms crossed, nodding sagely while I info dump. 
<laughs> it's it's because I respect you and I know how much this means to you and I'm happy to listen to it. But just so you know, you know in you know in peanuts when the adults are talking The adults are talking and all the kids can hear is wah 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 That's what's happening here right now, but I'm loving it. Continue, please go on. Unhinged emo ranting, I'm sorry. Um, but yes, they have been playing Skylines and Turnstiles at a couple of the shows, which I'm over the moon about because I absolutely fucking love that song. It's heartbreaking. Um, we all know how much you love 9-11. I, I love 9-11. Big fan. I saw, I saw someone post on Twitter recently um, about like, you know, uh, if you had a time machine, would you go back in time and stop 9-11? You wouldn't. Guys, am I a bad person if I say no? No, because this is the thing. You shouldn't go back in time and change anything because you don't know what you're going to change in the future. So, yes, you wouldn't change it for selfish reasons. I know you wouldn't change it for selfish reasons, but also it's fine because you'd be doing the right thing anyway. It just happens to line up with you, your selfish reasons. Yeah, exactly. If you go back in time, you don't change shit because then you come back to the present Mm -hmm. and it's like, what the fuck's going on? Everything's different. And then even if you tried to go back in time again and, like, not change anything, you could run into yourself and that would cause a time paradox. And, like, look, we are both huge fans of time travel media. We we know it's bad. We learnt this on Doctor Who. (laughs) We learnt this on Doctor Who. And also Doctor Who's back, so... And also Doctor Who's back. I feel like it's 15-year-old Re. if 15-year-old Re could see me now, uh, I'm sitting here... Um, I have fire engine red hair again. Um, I I literally dyed it um, that day. I was plan well no the day after. I was planning on doing it over that weekend anyway. But then this happened, and I was like, well, I need to have Gerard Way hair again. Clearly, you're literally the meme that's like my chemical romance drops a new song, <laughs> and then it's the picture of the person putting Just eyeliner like putting- on. That's no, literally you. That is literally me. Oh my God. He's just like me for real. Um, no, it is literally me. Uh, like I went out the next day to go to the pub and I was just slathering on red eyeshadow, like more than I would usually wear. I remember the red eyeshadow trend. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. And like, I don't care if it clashes with the red hair. I, I quite frankly do not care at this point. And that's something I really like that I've noticed about, um, a lot of my chem fans now, because like, yeah, there are, there are lots of younger fans that are in their teens and early 20s, which I love and I find wonderful and I love them and support them and will support them to the ends of the earth. Um, but a lot of us are, like, my age. And it's really nice to be able to, like, enjoy and engage in this thing that we got made fun of so fucking much when we were teenagers. And now we're just, like, this big happy community. A lot of us are doing a lot better in our lives especially the band themselves. If you look at the footage of them playing the recent gigs, they look so happy and so carefree. And like, they've even commented on it, like at the gigs themselves. Um, Like Gerard was talking about how he used to stress about appearances because he was worried about like straining his voice or like, you know, he wouldn't be good enough. And now he's like, and now I don't give a shit. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, I feel like that's a lot of us. Um, the world is so much better when you just don't give a fuck. Like, I, yeah, and I'm really learning that. And that that's really a process, I think, especially for um, neurodivergent people that have struggled with a lot of things and been mm-hmm. given a lot of crap growing up for, like, being different. 
um, like just any any sort of uh, diversity, you know, like uh, thinking about when I was first a MyChem fan and I was really ashamed of being queer and I got made up, made fun of at school for being queer, sometimes even by the fucking mm-hmm. teachers. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a big gay and I love my emo boys and I'm so much happier and so much more secure in myself that it is so nice to be in this space where just everyone is celebrating. We're just all celebrating this wonderful thing that's happening, this thing that we've been waiting for for so long, and it's finally here. It's taken years, because I was originally supposed to see them at Download mm-hmm. Festival in 2020. We mentioned this on the podcast, how upset I, I, yeah. you were when they... When they had to cancel cancel those shows, the pandemic. They had to cancel because of the pandemic, which is again totally understandable. Like Mm. I get it, but you know, everyone was very upset, and you're allowed to be upset. Like even even if it's something that you can't change, and even if you know they're canceling for the right reasons, because the boys have been very responsible. A lot of Mm. bands came back way earlier, um, when maybe it wasn't quite so wise to come back just yet. Um, but they've always made a point of being like, no, we're going to wait until we can actually, you know, come back. And there's a good enough chance of us not having to cancel shit again. And we're finally at that point. Obviously, COVID-19 is still a thing. There are still people contracting it every day. Um, but it's at the point now where, you know, these things are a lot more manageable. And I don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, we have to live with COVID. Um, because like, it's shitty that we got into this situation in the first place and that a lot of people's shitty decisions made it a lot worse than it needed to be. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I'm happy that the world is at a point now where we can take care of each other a lot more. And I feel like the types of people that are going to my chem shows are going to be very mindful. Um, they're not going to be dickheads that are going to go around coughing on everyone, basically. (laughs) Well, there would be some, definitely, but I feel like the majority of, like, a lot of my Chemical Romance fans are probably uh, disabled themselves. Like, I feel yeah. like a lot of disabled oh, yeah. people gravitate towards that those kinds of bands, especially bands yeah. with such a huge community surrounding yes. them. Yes, yes, yes. No, um, MC Army has a huge community. Um, it's, it's massive, and, like, everyone's very caring. And, yeah, there are a lot of uh, disabled fans, a lot of neurodiverse fans, a lot of queer fans, a lot of trans fans, a lot of trans fans, let me tell you what. There, mm. is, a run- there is a running meme in the community of MCR made me trans. And, look, I will admit, when I was 15 years old, when I was a young boy, and, <laughs> Your I, and my father uh, didn't pay attention to me, um... <laughs> And I, I never took me into the fucking city. Never saw a marching band in my life. Fuck. What the fuck? Thank you for making references. I appreciate that. That's probably the only references that you know. So I made a good one. I made the I'm not okay. You did. You did. You did. I know two of their most famous songs. I'm very proud of you. Um, Thank you. It's more than I really (laughs) should know. The first time that I listened to the album, The Black Parade, I was 15 years old and I had already kind of come to terms with the fact that I was queer. I knew I was, I certainly knew I wasn't straight, um, but I was having a lot of these other feelings that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm bisexual or whatever, but something, something else isn't quite adding up here. Something is not right. Something is not right. And I listened to the song Mama for the first time. There are lyrics in that song that go... You should have raised a baby girl. I should have been a better son. And it's the song is him singing to his mother. 
uh, well, his fictional mother in this case, because it's a concept album, it's a story. Um, you know, a, a good chunk of Mike Hem's songs aren't necessarily about real stuff uh, because Gerard's a storyteller. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, uh, I listened to that line and I was like, why does that line make <laughs> me feel things? Why does it make me feel things? And I feel like it's a really good line because it encompasses a lot of just like the trans spectrum. I feel like trans masks can relate to it. I feel like trans femmes can relate to it. And I feel like especially a lot of non-binary people can relate to it. When I was, uh, when I was younger, um, and when I say younger, I mean like in my early 20s, and I was like thinking about going into performing and stuff and maybe perhaps uh, burlesque or drag. I was very heavily considering doing a routine to the song in which I was in uh, a marching band uniform uh, with like, you know, women's underwear on underneath, but with a big mustache. (laughs) And when I think of you, that's how I imagine you. (laughs) But you know, that's been done. So many people have done that since, but I love that so many people have had the same idea um, and that that song has been able to like, connect people in that way like it's just yeah there's a lot of stuff about sexuality and gender in my chem's music uh i feel like that's very intentional on gerard's part um and yeah a lot of us are fucking we're, we're all gay we're just all gay i don't think i've ever met a straight my chemical romance fan i've met a few <laughs> i've met a few cisgender ones but i don't think i have ever met a straight my chemical romance fan if you are a straight my chemical romance fan first of all how dare you Second of all, uh, please reach out to the pod. I want to interview you. I think it would be the most <laughs> fascinating thing. And a lot of it would just be me sitting there going, huh? They would come oh. out of that interview. Really they would come out of that interview straight. being like, mm, I, maybe I'm not straight. I don't, yep. know, I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, because, yeah, I certainly, uh, I certainly didn't come out of uh, that time in my life straight either. <laughs> I literally met my first girlfriend... And I, I may have said I may have told the story before, but I literally met my first girlfriend on a My Chemical Romance fan fiction forum. It was a forum, as well, and it was a really shittily made one. It wasn't even one of the major ones, like I'm not okay dot net. <laughs> um, it was like this random one that I just found in the corner of the internet. I was googling when I was like 14, and it was for some reason one of the first ones that popped up. I clicked on it. I'm like, cool, I'm here now. This is where I live, and I met a few friends there from Canada and I ended up dating one of them. And that was my first queer relationship. Yes, it was long distance. We have never met in person, but um, I will always hold that person very uh, as being very important to me and just very important to um, me discovering who I am. So like, Mm. yeah, this band is tied to a lot of my shit. I I feel like I've made that pretty clear. Uh, in the time no, I, I think have... you should talk about it some more. <laughs> I, well, no, I was going to say, I feel like I've made that pretty clear just even on the pod, but I don't know if I can even put it into words, really. Like, I can sit here and I can ramble for ages and ages and ages, but I don't know if it is possible to put into words what this band has done for me and what this mm. band has done for so many other people. Um, trigger warning for suicide. I will tell people happily that this band saved my life. When the Black Parade came out, I was getting very heavily bullied. I was not happy. My home life was absolutely abysmal. 
and I was having suicidal thoughts. I was thinking about it every day. The last track of The Black Parade is a song called Famous Last Words. It is gut-wrenching. It is absolutely gut-wrenching. Um, and, you know, it's fucking cringe that I'm just sitting here quoting my Chemical Romance lyrics and being like, this is so deep and this is so important to me. I'm a fucking 30-year-old. But in that song... It doesn't song, make a difference. <laughs> it doesn't no, no. matter how old you are. You're right, you're right, you're right. We need... You Again, need, we, I, I just want we to say... We need to not give a shit. You need, yeah, you need to stop being like, this is embarrassing, this is pathetic because I'm this old. It's not embarrassing. It's not pathetic. It's yeah. your reality. It's a lot of people's reality. It doesn't yeah. matter how old you are or where you are in your life. You're allowed yeah. to feel this way and talk about things like this. So yes. stop, yeah. not self-deprecating, but like okay. just keep it. Okay, Jace. No, I get it. Thank you. I do this appreciate that. <laughs> the, I mean, the podcast is the podcast is basically the two of us having therapy and us letting people listen to it. Um, we <laughs> say some very intimate things on here. But anyway, back back to what I was saying about that song. And again, um, if you've uh, skipped ahead a little bit because of the trigger warning that I said before, I will say it again: trigger warning for uh, for suicide, suicidal ideation. Um, there is a line in that song that is, "I am not afraid to keep on living." I am not afraid to walk this world alone. Um, and in my little 15-year-old brain, it in the state that I was in, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It mm. just hit me like an absolute ton of bricks because here was this band that was such an inspiration to me up to that point and obviously continuing onwards. But the first time that I heard that song and I really sat down and I listened to it and I absorbed it, something changed in me. And since then, I, yeah, I've been at low points in my life. I've been at points in my life that were lower than I was at that point in my life. Cause like, I, like, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not saying that teenagers mental health struggles are not valid. Um, but like, you know, I was, I was 15. I hadn't lived a lot of life yet is how I'll put it. I had not had a lot of experiences yet. But it was just something in my brain. It just changed me forever. And now when I am at my points where I am that low, where I am lower, where I'm lowest, I think about that kid. I think about Mm. that 15-year-old kid listening to that song for the first time in their bedroom, uh, on their Discman, because I got it on CD, I pre-ordered it, and then I went and got it, like, the day it came out. And I just think about that kid, and I'm like, that kid would... Oh, fuck, I'm going to cry. That kid would want me to keep going. Mm-hmm. I can't let them down. I can't let little baby re down. I think about who I was back then. I want to... Again, we don't fuck with time travel, but if there's one thing I could do, I would go back in time and I would give them a hug because they sorely needed it. Mm-hmm. And that song was like a hug. That song was like someone you admire putting their arms around you, patting you on the back, holding you tight and reassuring you. It is going to be okay. You are going to be okay. You are going to get through this. You are going to live. And you're going to keep living and you have this strength inside you that is undeniable. I think 
sorry. Yeah, I, I actually am crying now. Um, so that's a fun little tidbit for you guys. Just me having a cry on the podcast. Is this the first time I've cried on the podcast? Yes. Well, of course it was going to be this episode. <laughs> I think also at that age, you didn't have the words to express how you were feeling. And then you heard something, you heard some words that did completely express everything that you were feeling and in a way they gave you they put words to your feelings they gave you something to they gave you tools to yeah to use when you're feeling like that when you didn't yeah. have any that's a huge thing for a kid and that you still have that now that you can still use those tools that you had I'm sorry I'm so distracted there's cars there's planes there's a fucking dog barking I'm gonna lose my <laughs> mind but no, it's, it's that, a much-needed levity. <laughs> um, yeah, the fact that you can still use those tools now as an adult so many mm. years later is mm. a real detriment to to the band and it just goes to show that they helped kids then, they're helping kids now and they're helping the adults now heal their inner child still. Yeah, very much so, very much so. Um the reactions that I've seen online, people are just so full of joy and life and hope, mm-hmm. um, especially seeing the band as they are now. They're happy. They're all like these funky little middle-aged dads up on stage and Gerard is still screaming his heart out and acting like a total fucking weirdo. <laughs> Frank is still running around like bloody speed racer and like headbutting people and shit. Mikey mm. is still the cool one like he was always the cool one he just he stands there and he just plays the bass and he looks really cool but like people are screaming his name and you can see him smiling at that and ray fucking toro the lead guitarist is seriously one of the most talented people i have ever seen play that fucking thing and he kills it like his fingers are still 25 years old like i can't see that man slowing down at all um so yeah it's just like it just, it's really filling my heart to mm-hmm. bursting. And I'm sure it's doing that for so many people. And it's really, really bloody lovely to see that. And I think it's really important. And thank you for your kind words and your uh, putting things into words better than I can because <laughs> you are smart and I am just like, I'm sorry, I'm not the one with the high IQ here. Fucking never going to let that go. <laughs> no, you're the one that brought it up a few episodes ago. It's my turn now oh, to no, bring it up. Back. I think if I took an IQ test now, I would have like an IQ of 50. I don't really don't think I'd do well. That's a pot idea right there. Oh my God, no. That's a I fucking pot idea right how there. I re- I'm, okay, I want to do it. I want to see if I have actually gotten stupider. <laughs> see, the thing is, I, I would I be... I would be presented with a question that would take a little bit of brain power that I could absolutely work out and I'd go, mm. mm, no, nah, I'm going to guess and just just guess yeah. and try and get through things. I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. I, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, I might have gotten a pretty good result, but I, yeah, definitely well, not now. I feel like, again, with the neurodivergencies that we have, when we were kids, we were great at things like tests, like, like those kinds mm-hmm. of tests, absolutely just ran through them. Like I, I would speed through tests like that and the teachers wouldn't know what to do with me. I would finish all my work mm-hmm. and they'd be like, ah, shit, what do I do with this weird little kid? Uh, let's go send them off to read to the kindergartners. And like, yeah, I, I was think, always reading yeah. at the end of tests. Yeah, exactly. And like, 
I think a lot of that shaped my brain because early on in my life, people didn't know what to do with me. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got to high school, I very much already felt like an outcast, which is why I kind of found my home in these kinds of bands because Mm -hmm. they were like, hey, you're an outcast. We're outcasts too. Let's be outcasts together. We're going to give you uh... hope and strength and help you get through all this stuff. I can't think of a band that I had that same sort of experience with on on a really emotional level. I had bands yeah. that I was obsessed with, obviously, yeah. we know. Yeah. But I don't think I ever had a band that saved my life. I can't think of that. I might have, but I, at this point, I can't mm. look back and think, yes, this saved me. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's fair, you know, um... People are going to connect with media in different ways and different media is going to affect different people differently. How many times can I cram the word different in that sentence? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think for me it was very much a case of right place, right time. Mm. Um, You know, I first started getting into MCR. um, The the first, I mean, I've almost certainly spoken about this on the podcast before, but this is is the MCR episode, so let me talk about it again. Um, I remember the first time I ever fucking saw anything to do with these guys. It was a Saturday morning. This was, uh, my parents had been split up. So my dad was living at my grandparents' house and I would go there every second weekend. And I hated it. I I loved spending time with my grandparents, but it just like, it felt kind of weird and kind of off. And especially as I got further into my teenage years, I would want to like go and socialize with my friends on the weekends and stuff. And my dad would be like, oh, but this is your time with me. And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. but. I remember that. It's like, yeah, but I'm still. I'm fucking 15 years old. Let me go hang out with my friends. I'm still going to be coming home to you at the end of the day and we can all have dinner together and like spend time together as a family. But like, let me be my own Mm -hmm. person. I didn't feel like I was allowed to be my own person. So it was a Saturday morning. I would always wake up earlier than everyone else. And there was like a little box TV in my room. Um, So I would turn on channel 10 and it would be video hits. Uh, Back when they used to play music videos on TV and they would just play a bunch of them. Um, again, aging myself here and I turned it on and not long after that, the video for the song Helena started. Helena is the first track off of My Chemical Romance's 2004 album, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, which is my favorite My Chemical Romance album. Um, I sound like a fucking encyclopedia when I talk about these guys sometimes. It's either all emotions or all facts. There's nothing in between. Um, but yeah, the video for Helena came on. This would have been 2005, I believe. Um, so that album came out in 2004. This was 2005. Um, I would have been like 13, 13 years old. And this video came on. And there was this man standing there in a black suit with a red tie, with black hair, beautiful eye makeup. And he starts singing this absolutely gut-wrenching song about his dead grandma. And I was hooked from the first second. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen that video, it's incredible. It is, it's a musical number at a funeral. There is dancing. There is Gerard being a priest, kind of. Um, the dead lady gets up out of the coffin and does interpretive dance down the aisle of the church. It's incredible. It is very me in a nutshell. And like, I had always been kind of a dark kid, 
in terms of things that I liked. But on the outside, I was all sunshine and rainbows. My favorite color was pink. It was all I wore was like pink. I had very long, natural hair. I didn't let anyone cut it. I had never let dye touch it. Nothing like that. But there was this thing inside of me that wanted to be like Morticia from the Adams Family, basically. Like I would look at that and I'm like, that's what I want to be. <clears throat> so I see this video and it just it just gets me right in the heart, right in the guts, right in the brain. From that moment onwards, there is nothing else I could think about but that band. And again, I need you guys to keep in mind, like 2005, accessing music was a lot harder. Mm -hmm. um, accessing anything about like um, musical artists you liked was a lot harder. The internet was very different. So I was like, I, I need more of this. I need to find more about these people. I would go home to my mum's. I would go on Google and I would just Google them. I would look up pictures of them, print them out on my shitty little printer and stick them on my walls. Uh, once, you know, once I started getting a little bit of money from like working or like, you know, uh, birthday presents and stuff, I was like, right, the first thing I need to do is I need to get this album on CD. Um, I still have it. Mm. It is it is in a box under my bed. It is scratched up to shit. I can't find the case for it, but the physical disc, I have. It is still in this room with me. And I used to put that album on overnight to go to... It's probably why it's so fucking scratched up. I had a little CD player. I would put it on and have the volume low enough that I wouldn't get in trouble. And I would have the CD on repeat and literally have it going the whole night. I wanted all of this inside of me so, so badly. I would go to news agents and I would absolutely just fucking crawl through their magazine racks to find anything I could, any magazine, even if it didn't have a poster, if it had a tiny picture of them in there, I would buy that magazine, cut out that picture, stick it on my wall, and then the magazine would go in the trash. I used to do the exact same thing yeah. to the bands that I liked. Yes, you, yes. You remember my room? Oh, my God. Every your inch. Was, yeah, we both had floor to ceiling, everything. The difference was you had a bunch of stuff. My teenage bedroom was literally floor to ceiling my chemical romance. Doesn't surprise me. When I started being able to find posters of them at music shops and things like that, I would buy it and immediately up on the wall it would go. Um, because um, my mum owned the house, I was allowed to use thumbtacks. Uh, those walls, by the time that I moved out, I had taken all the posters down because I was like 23 and I was like, oh, I'm too cool for this now. But there are so many tiny little holes <laughs> in that wall. There were stains on that wall from blue tack having been on there for so long. Because I would put something up and it would stay there. I would lay mm -hmm. a shit on top of each other. It was ridiculous. I felt seen for the first time in my life. There was all of this stuff inside of me that I had seen and like, you know, I could identify with it in, like, movies and stuff and, you know, and, like, that was cool. That was cool. But this was the first time where it seemed more on my level. Like, hey, these are five guys from New Jersey and they are making this shit that just speaks to me deep in my soul. 
and to who mm. I knew I was as a person, but I was still having trouble figuring out how to express that and how to let that out. So, yeah. I think maybe the band that saved my life, I've been thinking about it, is the Bloodhound Gang. That's a fucking contrast! <laughs> Not in a emotional way, obviously, because their songs aren't emotional, but I was so obsessed with them from, gosh, I don't know. Yeah. 15 to 19, maybe. I yeah. was... They weren't my only, probably my very favorite band was The Living End. I had a lot of Living End stuff. I oh. did my year 12 artwork on yeah, Living I was End. Like, I've met them I'm heaps of times. They were my the favorite end. band. Yeah, yeah. But I have distinct memories of being on family holidays and just mm-hmm. being like big family holidays. Yeah. My family would get together. Like, yeah. they would be the cousins and the, all the families, like eight family units of the yeah. Cordovers would get together and go away on holidays together. And I remember just being so overwhelmed on those holidays Mm. that I would need to escape. I was just a major social overload, sensory overload. I needed to get the fuck out of there. And the way I did it was by listening (laughs) to the most disgusting band that I think has ever lived. And so I would get my Discman. I love that. I would put my Discman in my jorts and (laughs) put my Discman in my jorts. Put my speed dealer sunnies on. Go, Gosh, that go is such a, a chase sentence. <laughs> I put my discman in my jorts and I put my speed dealers on. That's chase caught over, baby. Find, I would go and find a quiet place to just sit and listen to the Bloodhound Gang on repeat on my discman. And I got into trouble so many times because no one could find me because I would just leave. I would just leave and not tell anyone where I was going Yeah, because I just – the switch is so quick with me. Yeah. I'm having a good time. Oh, no. And then no, all of a too. sudden me I'm too. like, mm, i got to go. And I'll just stand up and leave silently. Yeah. So yeah. I would do that. I still do that s- now. I There have been so many times where I've just done the Irish goodbye at the pub and yep. just left. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would just go and find a quiet place to sit and just listen to that. And in a way they saved me just because mm. they were the kind of – they were the band that I listened to because – you needed not an because escape. I related, but yeah, they were disgusting, and you I was something such a that was goody totally goody. different to what yes. you were. Exactly, and I like that contrast. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird because even if you know me now as a person, and I would say, "Oh yeah, I'm obsessed with Bloodhound Gang," you'd be like, "Okay, but they've got like ableist stuff, uh, mm-hmm. anti-gay stuff, anti-trans mm-hmm. stuff. Like all mm-hmm. their songs are disgusting." And I'm mm-hmm. there going, "Yeah, I know, but also they are very." Very dear to my heart because they really were an escape for me. Yeah, which is so weird to say in contrast to your experience. Yeah, no, because I was I was gonna say you were escaping into something that was so totally removed from who you were Mm -hmm. on the inside. I was escaping into something that was so much of what I was on the inside that I was not allowed to have on the outside. Yeah, and that's the kind of escape it was for me. Maybe on the inside, I am just a disgusting little horrid. Person. I mean, we, we know that now. We know that hey, now. I am but not again, transphobic. We were... <laughs> Only towards yourself and me sometimes. <laughs> Only when I'm listening to Bloodhound Gang. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I'm only, um, you know, I'm only a serial killer when I'm listening to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> FBI, we know you're listening. Um. <laughs> 
disregard, please. If, if you ever see uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge or certain songs on Bullets come up on my Spotify, just ignore me. I'm going through <laughs> some shit. Or I could just be strutting down the road, honestly. There's fucking no in-between. There's no in-between. But yeah, I think that's really interesting how, um, especially, again, neurodiverse people, like we latch onto things like that and we use it as an escape, whether it is Mm -hmm. escaping escaping to be totally uh, removed from you or escaping to be truly you. Mm -hmm. And I I think, honestly, both of those things are really important because... We get so sick of ourselves sometimes. You're like, I just don't want to be me for a little bit. I want to just, like, get out of that. And then sometimes it's like you feel this great need to affirm yourself and to be like, "This this is me, this is who I am, this is what I am on the inside. Like, I think it's just really fascinating. And I think especially knowing the types of people that you and I are, you and I have a lot in common. Like mm-hmm. we are very similar people, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be fucking doing this podcast, and we wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have said all the shit that we've said on this podcast. But I think the fact that that's what you had versus that's what I have makes perfect sense for who we are as two individual people. I think also my escape, like my real emotional escape, was books growing up. Was reading books like fiction, and I would escape yeah. into fiction. Yes, and yes. When I hit, like, primary school and high school, we've mm. mentioned before, I never mm. realised that I was being picked on. So yeah. for me, I didn't have that that feeling of nobody likes me, I need to, um, you know, no one likes me, no one understands me, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have that because yeah. I just didn't notice that no one liked me and I didn't notice that no one understood me. Whereas I, I, like, whereas I really fucking yeah. noticed... Exactly. So you had these emotional moments with musicians. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't have that because I could just listen to music and go, fuck yeah, this rules. This is a bop. Because everything just went over my head. Yeah. Like I yeah. was just, things were happening Whereas, around me. I had no fucking I, idea. I'm sitting there and I'm listening to Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge and I'm like, the themes, the <laughs> Catholic guilt, the, the repressed homosexuality. <laughs> see, the thing is my trauma mm. was prolonged trauma Ooh. from childhood where I escaped oh, yeah. into the books in the early years and that I didn't have yeah. the trauma. I didn't have any new trauma in my school years. And then when I left yes. school, more trauma happened. But yeah, so I didn't, yeah. didn't have that period where I needed yeah. music to save me because I didn't know that this I needed is saving. Interesting. Yeah. Whereas like my shit. <laughs> You're very aware. It was Heavily based in my childhood and my teen years mm-hmm. and around around school and around my family yeah. life at the time. So oh my this is fascinating. Yeah. I'm 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 glad that I'm glad that me going on my little um <laughs> my little emo rant has turned into us talk actually talking some psychology again. Yeah, I as was supposed to be the original point of this podcast. <laughs> I didn't need an escape in school. I loved school. I thought everyone was my friend and everyone loved me. Jace and I was, was a good goody two-shoes. Jace was. In, I used to get so annoyed when people would call me goody two-shoes because I'd be like, I'm not. I listen to Bloodhound mm. Gang. But <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the people that make songs about cum. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm a big virgin. I I used to listen. Whereas I wasn't. I was the I was I was the opposite of a big virgin. I'm like I'm gonna listen to songs about murder. I I listened to Eminem 
to annoy my parents. <laughs> I never really liked Eminem, but I burnt myself an Eminem CD. And when I had the oh shits with God. my parents, I would put it on my stereo and I would turn it all the way up. And Just blast because it. Because my dad fucking Fuck hated you, it. parents. My dad yeah, hated yeah. rap. He yeah, loved yeah. rock. We ha- Me and my dad have, have very similar music taste. Very, oh, yeah, very yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah, I've mentioned before, he, yeah. take, he took me to concerts and we went mm-hmm. to heaps of concerts together. Yeah. So when I was annoyed with him, I knew exactly the kind of music <laughs> that would really piss him off. Get a go listen to so, Slim Shady, baby. Yes. <laughs> so I would go and put well, on Eminem. Well, this looks M&M. like a job for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Literally. Exactly. I would put on it's the like Eminem, Eminem show. Rock it up. turn like, it up. This looks like a good job for me. He hated it I'm so much. i Jay's parents. Because <laughs> I was such a, like, I wasn't a rebellious teen. Like, I wasn't a no, hard teenager no. to handle as mm. far as partying or mm. drugs or drinking or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> the drinking problem came later. But I, when I was annoyed, I think I was so scared to fight back just with... <sighs> With your actual words. Yeah, I was too terrified to ever, um, make, like, com- like, make a conflict. Yeah, yeah. Conflict averse. Yeah, I never, apolo- like, I was always apologizing when I, ups- when my mum upset me and then I talked back. Yeah. She would never apologize yeah. to me. She would really... Mm. so I would always go calling back I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and fawn and try and Mm -hmm. you know make everything okay yeah because I couldn't stand controversy but when I was pissed off (laughs) I'd go and put Mm. Eminem on and just turn it up (laughs) and be like now I am making Marshall Mathers the third everyone's fucking problem this is my statement, parents. Because <laughs> I couldn't put on rock music or punk music because my dad yeah, liked it. Your dad liked it. <laughs> he would have been like vibing outside the door if I put on some, some sort like, of hey. heavy stuff. <laughs> so I would put on. And then oh, mm, mm. when Eminem stopped working, I turned to yeah. bands like Cradle of Filth and Lamb of God. Yeah, baby! And I was That's my shit. looking at me, That's you wouldn't shit. think that I loved that stuff and I listened to no. that stuff. I saw Lamb of God in concert. I s- Jace was one of the reasons that I got into heavier metal <laughs> that I was already into. Yeah. I like, would, like, I'm pretty sure Jace, Jace is one of the reasons why um, Cradle of Filth is still one of my favorite bands. Yeah. I introduced like, you to Cradle of I, Filth. Yeah. I, I know I know that I know that to a lot of like real like hard metal fans they're a bit of a joke but I they're really good I them. really enjoyed them they're really good <laughs> they're really good I still listen to them all the time I'll be they released a new album uh, earlier this year huh. and I walk through Camperdown Park blasting necromantic fantasies through my headphones see that's another band you great, look at me great and... song name Danny great song name fucking hell see so you look at me and not ever know. Not ever in your mm. in a million years think that I listened to mm-hmm. Cradle of Filth and Mm-mm. bands like that as a teenager. Never. You were really into um. You were really into him as well, weren't oh you? Oh my god, I love him so much. The amount of trivia that I, I had three copies of one of, or I had four copies of one of their albums because I'd bought myself a copy and then my birthday came up and three people bought me that same album because they knew how much I loved the band. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. Like my... Was it Love Metal? Yes, it was. Was it the Love Metal album? Yeah. <laughs> and I even um, 
pre-ordered special albums. I've got a tin in the cupboard with like it had a um a laser pointer, and when you pointed it at the wall, oh it did the heartogram. Would it make a heartogram? Yeah. <gasps> That's and so it has, sick. Like, um, it has. I spent so much money on that. It has like yeah, um, like edition th- like three out of. 150 or something so it was Whoa. like collector yeah i was obsessed That's with that band sick. i saw them play as well and yeah um if i have to actually say that there's a band that i was that connected to emotionally that like saved me it would probably actually be him like in on an emotional level yeah but yeah i yeah i loved them i still think like <laughs> I still think of getting a hardogram tattoo at 33 years old. I'm like, try maybe. I wanted one so Look, bad. I'm 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 planning I'm planning several MCR tattoos. I already have one. I already have one designed. So do it by by my very good friend Atoyne. Um, I just need someone to put it on me because Atoyne uh, is not uh, certified to tattoo people yet. Although I would totally let her just tattoo me in her lounge room. Like I would let her do that. But we um, don't we don't condone that because it's not sanitary and it's against it's the not law. Safe. So that would never happen. Yeah. Yeah. Australian Federal Police if you are listening. I'm not going to do that ever. <laughs> never. I'm, I've never considered that. I would never do anything like that. You mm. <laughs> You mentioned your old uh, room with all the posters and stuff. I Yes. My parents wouldn't let me paint my walls black and I really wanted black walls. So I painted the cornices of my room black mm-hmm. like, and the rest was white. And then I, I just layered, you just layer layered shit the on pictures. It. Yep. And so it looked black. Like it looked yeah. like I had fully black I, walls. I always thought that your before, before like I saw underneath, I always thought that your walls were black because I remember going into your room, it was very dark. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I had very blackout, blackout curtains room. as well. You had blackout curtains as well, yeah. So I would go into that room and it was really fucking dark. And I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. And I had painted all my furniture black as well. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to do that. I just started, once I started getting old enough that I could choose my own furniture, all of my furniture is in dark wood now. <laughs> my walls had things like um, all the bands we mentioned before, mm-hmm. him, and I had the poster of Billy Velo on top of my bed. You and did! On the ceiling above my bed you so did! I could look at that at night. And <laughs> all of these, I, I was going to say boy bands, but bands with men in them. Yeah. Just all over my walls. <laughs> but if you open my cupboard. Yeah. The, in, the inside of my cupboard had pictures of Brady from the distillers. Secret gay. Just <laughs> <laughs> said pictures of her on it looking like filthy and... Oh, like sweaty Ooh, oh my god. god had pictures of her all over the inside of my god i fucking loved the distillers i love me them. too oh my i i am really enjoying um us getting to relive our teenage uh i'm gonna say fangirling because we were girls yeah, at the time it's what it is it's i feel like it's appropriate it also it's hard to say fan non-browning ring fan personing fan personing <laughs> Fan lo- personing all over the place right now. I love to fan person. <laughs> I nearly said fan purpose. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's hard. It is hard to like come up with terms for shit that's gender neutral sometimes. Uh, that's why um, I, I don't mind referring to myself as a girl. If other people do, it's on site. But I will <laughs> happily refer to myself as a girl or a boy. I will refer to myself as either binary gender at any mm-hmm. one point in time. But if anyone else does that does not have express permission to do it, I'm just like, oi, that's transphobic. Fuck you. <laughs> But I can do it because it's me. Exactly. But yes, I am very much enjoying uh, fangirling. I think, I really do think it does heal your inner child. Absolutely. It really, really does. Just allowing yourself to enjoy these things. I think adults don't enjoy things anymore because it's seen Mm. as embarrassing or unprofessional or childish to enjoy Mm. things. And Mm -hmm. it's not. Just fucking be obsessed with things. I'm having... Now that I'm just letting myself be fully obsessed with things, I'm having such a fun time. I'm obsessed with My Chemical Romance. I'm obsessed with the TV show Gotham. I'm obsessed with Batman shit in general. Um, and it's so nice to just, like, let myself do that. In fact, actually, I'm going to – we're going to have a little guest on the podcast because I don't oh know Oh, my God, we got a special I guest. If, I don't know if I've shown you this, but I bought myself, oh, a, bir- I I bought myself a birthday present. Yes, I want to see him. Hello. I have a little Riddler figurine now from the special Batman movie. Special guest Paul Dano, welcome to special the podcast. Special guest Paul, special guest Paul Dano, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing I'm Aussie, today? I'm Aussie, I say Dano. <laughs> well, it's pronounced Dano. Um, no, it's well, okay. I watch Hawaii Five-O, so it's I Dano. Would, <laughs> um, I, he would talk, but he's got the mask on right now and it's a little bit difficult for oh. him. Um, but I'll, I'll take a picture of him and we can put that, <laughs> we can put that in the show notes. Um, thanks for joining us, Paul. Appreciate it. A little too chatty. If you ask he's, me, he's having the time of his life right now. Um, and like I went to, on my birthday, I was like, I'm just going to do some me shit. I went to JB Hi-Fi. I bought myself a little Riddler figurine. I bought myself an Alice in Chains t-shirt. Um, I, yeah, I just like bought a bunch of birthday presents for myself. And I was like, yeah, this is nice. Just being able to go out and be excited that I'm getting a Riddler action figure and that I'm buying band t-shirts mm-hmm. and that I get to go to JB Hi-Fi and it's not because I'm getting a new phone or something. I'm going to get fun shit and I'm allowed to get fun shit. Exactly. It's just nice. And it is it is healing somewhat, you know? We hang a lot of shit on Disney adults. I have friends who are Disney adults. Oh, yeah, we have um, friends that are Disney adults. But it's really not that different to being a My Chemical Romance adult. It's something that you have, yeah. you found comfort in as a child or as a younger person and mm-hmm. you're still finding joy in today and you're obsessed yeah. with it. And it's cringe, yes, but yeah. who are we if not cringe? Kill the part of you that cringes. Just be cringe. And like, exactly. that, I'm, I make I make jokes about being cringe all the time, but like, I'm so happy that I just get to be cringe now. I fucking, mm-hmm. I literally tweeted about this the other day. And yes, it was in regards to My Chemical Romance. Um, <laughs> what was it? Uh, where is this tweet that I made? And honestly, I, I feel really bad for everyone that follows me on Twitter right now because it is just basically My Chemical Romance uh, nonstop. I remember when the, when it broke, when the mm. My Chemical Romance uh, comeback broke, my Twitter feed was entirely My Chemical Romance from a bunch of our friends. And I was sitting there thinking, this is just like when AFL season starts up because I yeah. have no idea what's going on. I am not interested in the whatsoever. All my friends do, but I'm so I happy I follow so many friends that are like sports people. And I'm like, I don't get this. I don't fucking get it. But cool. 
I love that for you guys. Exactly. Uh, okay. I'm so happy for him. Me, age 15, play Helena at my funeral. Me, age 22, haha, <laughs> no, I was kidding. That's like cringe. Me, age 30, play Helena at my funeral. Like, <laughs> it is just so nice to be able to come into yourself. <laughs> and like, sorry. It's just nice to be able to, um, to come into yourself in that kind of way and just like, yeah, just be loud and proud and love mm-hmm. the things that you love. I think my only issue with like people liking things is when they make it um is when they make it other people's problem in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, info dumping is all well and good. I love to do it. You love to do it. I feel bad sometimes if that is all I am doing because I don't want the other person to feel like I have taken over the conversation. And I understand that it can be it can be difficult for people to not do that. Uh, but mm-hmm. this is just a thing that I personally try to do. We're letting me do it today because it's, it's the My Chemical Romance episode. Come on. You knew, you knew this was coming. We all knew this was coming. Um, but yeah. If, like, you're, if you're not a My Chemical Romance fan and you're still listening at this point. Thank you. Thank you. I Bless you. You are stronger than many. <laughs> you are stronger than many of my close personal friends. <laughs> oh, that is so sad. I went to the pub the other night and I was with some of the girls. What? Uh, Sorry. Sh- Thank you, Jace. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, my camera grandma. I'm so happy. And they're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and they're like, yeah, we know. And I'm like, okay, guys. I'm like, no, no, no. We're happy for you. We're happy for you. We are genuinely. But like, whoa, take a breath. How well do they know you? Because you don't take a breath when you're talking about my chemical romance. Like, it's I don't very take a, well documented. I don't take a breath when I'm talking about anything. I struggle at work sometimes. They are because... your breath. <laughs> they're, they're my breath. They're my blood. They're, they're in my heart. and oh, They come just... inside you. <laughs> See, there's that Bloodhound Gang influence just coming through exactly. again. I like it when people just assume that I'm the filthy one. We are both the it's, filthy one. It's we like are that, both filthy. It's like on TikTok where it's like um, heaps of people on TikTok or on my For You page anyway. It's like me being the asexual person who makes dick jokes. It's like it's very much that. Because I love I'm not, that. I think it's I'm so funny. I'm not completely asexual, yeah. but I'm definitely yeah. on the spectrum. You're on the spectrum. certainly. I could, I could live without sex. Like, yeah. I don't need it. Um, I don't particularly enjoy it. Like, no offense. But 90% of your sex drive uh, I absorbed through osmosis because we spent every waking moment together as teenagers. So yeah. now it's just and all me. I <laughs> was always making sex jokes. The biggest virgin making sex jokes. Not interested in having sex at all, but just always yeah. with the sex jokes. That was me. That was my position in the friend group at school was I was yeah. the always, always the one making double always. entendres, yep. dirty jokes. Mm-hmm. That was me. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are very surprised to find out that I did not willingly lose my virginity till I was like 20 years old, 19, no, 20 years old. Yeah. And yeah. I think I only willingly lost it because of the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long it would have taken me if I hadn't experienced trauma that made me just up to that sex drive for some just reason. Just like, oh, sex is a thing. I should do that more. That will make people like me, right? Mm. Right. There's, there's got to be a right way to do this. Maybe I'll just keep trying 
<laughs> until I find I, a right way to do it. See, I learned the same lesson when I was very wrong. I was like, oh, sex makes people like you. Uh, mm-hmm. But then it turned out I just liked having sex as well. So it was like, wow, double mm-hmm. win. <laughs> and yeah, now, so. now again, uh, talking about like, you know, knowing yourself better as you get older and like actually letting yourself enjoy things. I don't mm-hmm. fuck like I used to. I used to fuck a lot. <laughs> clip it. That's it. That's the, <laughs> we're going to play that hey! clip. I don't fuck like I used to. Uh, I used to fuck a lot more. Um, Whereas uh, now yeah, I still I still fuck a fair bit. Like let's 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 be real. It's me. I am Remansel, mega slut of the podcast. Um, but now I'm like, no, I'm doing like I'm doing it in a way that's more just like this is something that I want. This is not something that exactly. I'm doing you in order it. to make people like me. This is something that I'm doing because I like doing it. You know? <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> we 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 know. <laughs> I'd be a bit. Concerned if people didn't know by now, it's like, have you been listening to the same podcast as us? Like, guys. <laughs> it's crazy uh, how it's crazy how much of like like I don't know if it's like this for everyone, but certainly in like my journey of like getting to know myself better and like taking care of myself better and actually letting myself enjoy the things that I joy for enjoy for the right reasons and letting mm-hmm. myself do that. Like how many things in my life have turned out to, like, change in some way, but not in a bad way. Like, I used to get so gatekeepy about MCR, and I used to get really pretentious about MCR, and a lot of the other music I liked as well. Like, when I started getting into, like, metal and stuff, and I had uh, good friends that, like, their favourite band was, like, Fall Out Boy, I was like, oh, oh, that's your favourite band? Oh, well, I listen to uh, Slipknot and Slayer. So, I yeah, I'm cooler than you. And now I'm just like, fuck yeah, Fall Out Boy rules. I don't like all their songs. I'm not a huge fan, but like, fucking go off. They have some absolute bangers. Live your life. I've never gotten into Fall Out Boy, never gotten mm-hmm. into My Chemical Romance, and it's mm-hmm. not because I'm against them. It's just oh, that no. I never yeah. listened to them. Yeah. But I almost got bashed at a train station for wearing a Frenzel Rom t-shirt. Yep. It was, it was Frenzel Rom on the front, and mm-hmm. on the back it said Shit Not in like slightly lighter or the same color um, black as the shirt, but you could see it when the light hit it. Yeah. I had nothing against Slipknot. I didn't really listen to them. Yeah. Didn't have anything against them. I got the shirt. (laughs) I was huge into Slipknot. Yeah. I know. I got the shirt at the big day out because I was working Uh, at the big day out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the opportunity to work at the big day out Mm. in, gosh, I don't know what year it was, 2000 something. Yeah. And... I think it might have been 2005, but don't quote me on that. I could easily find it if I Googled. I'm not going to do don't that. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Stealing your, your shtick. A podcast motto, one of like 50 at this point. <laughs> don't quote me on that. <laughs> I never have any idea what's going on at any point in my life, so Mm-mm. don't quote me on it. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to work at the big day out I was as a cleaner. Yeah, I was a teenager. I was I had to dress in the gross shirt that they gave you. I had a lanyard and everything. Mm. But basically got into Big Day Out for free, just was like picking up cans, sweeping up rubbish and stuff. Yeah. I got positioned at the main stage of the Big Day Out. Ooh, flex. I got there, did a little bit of work, got to see... Frenzel Rom. They were my favorite band at that point in time. Loved oh, yeah. You were them. big into Frenzel Rom. Oh, my God. Huge. 
I had never seen them before. Yeah. So I get placed at the main stage. Lucky me, I was placed where Friends of Ron were playing. So they were, Mm. it was a pretty fucked experience in some ways Mm. because just surrounded by drunk people who did not respect you because you were working there. Yeah. And you're a teenager on top of that. Like, yeah, I was like 15 or 16. Yeah. And I had one guy come up with a can of beer and just pour it on my head. He (gasps) just poured a can of beer right on my head. And I was just like, oh, and I, obviously I was too chicken to do anything. He just did it. And all his friends laughed and then they walked away and I was just like, (laughs) I just kept cleaning. But that guy's a cunt after that. Yeah. I hope he's fucking dead now. No, uh, (laughs) I didn't say that, (laughs) but I do. I got to watch friends all perform. And I remember Mm. just standing there watching them just like sweeping stuff up and just watching. And it was awesome because it was the first time I'd seen them after that. I saw them fucking so many times oh yeah you saw them a bunch that was breaking the seal saw them after that i was like "Mm, i really don't want to be here anymore i'd reached Mm. my limit it was yep not that late i hadn't been there that long yeah i was like i'm getting out of here so i went i think my friend texted me and she's like i'm done because me and my friend did this together Mm. and she texted me and she was like i'm done and i was like i'm done too and so we were like let's just go and tell them that we have headaches and we feel sick and we're gonna go home yeah so we went to the warehouse where all the staff members gathered and then were split up and then had to yeah. come back to. Yeah. We went there and we were like, yeah, we feel really sick. We have to go home. And then they were like, oh, God, all right. So they paid us for the work that we'd done. And then they were like, okay, you have to leave, though. You're not allowed to stick around the festival. Leave out that door. Go. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like, yep, no worries. Bye. Yeah. And then my friend was like, don't go out that door. So the guy turned his back. We went out a different door straight back into the festival hey i would have done we that too. were I would have fucking done straight that out there yeah we went i went and bought my friends a rom t-shirt mm-hmm. and uh, a frozen drink yep and i drank that and i had my shirt and then i was so scared i was like they're gonna spot me they're gonna find me they're gonna realize i don't have a wristband yeah because they took our passes and everything yeah yeah I like, i'm gonna get busted i'm gonna get thrown out so i was like no nah, i gotta go home i gotta go yeah. home yeah she was like are you serious <laughs> She was like, are you, come on, man. I was like, no, this is, I'm going to get in trouble. This is wrong. I have to go. So, so we ended up leaving. And then we caught the train back to Blacktown Station from mm-hmm. Homebush. Oh, yeah. And I was wearing my brand new Slipknot, Shitknot shirt. Yeah. And then I was walking through Blacktown Station and this bunch of girls, big, tall, broad girls, mm. saw the back of my shirt and they were like, what the fuck does your shirt say? And I was like, uh, and they were like, you've got a fucking problem with Slipknot. I was like, no, I don't mind Slipknot. I like Slipknot. I just like Friends of Rom more. It's a Friends of Rom shirt. I'm so sorry. I didn't make the shirt. I'm like, I like Friends of Rom. And they were like, oh yeah, you're cool then. And then uh, just backed down. Nice. Like, oh my God. Phew. As we know, bad things have happened at Blacktown Station. And I was like, I'm going to be. I have gotten bashed there before. <laughs> like I, it's my time to be on a true crime show. <laughs> I'm going to be on Unsolved Mysteries. They're not going to know why this happened. Uh, but yeah, I almost got bashed for wearing a Friends of Rom shirt that said shit not on the back. <laughs> and like, I remember, I think back, I don't know if I ever saw you in that shirt, but back in the day, I would have gotten offended. But now I'm just like, that's that's actually pretty funny. That's a funny shirt. Fuck yeah. Because I think Friends of has some sort of feud with, with Slipknot, like some yeah. fun little feud yeah. going. And that yeah. was the point of the shirt, was that yeah. they had this this thing... 
And so, and they were performing at the same festival as Slipknot. So, like, the joke was... The joke was, yeah. They're selling a shit-not shirt at a festival alongside Slipknot merch. Yeah, yeah. Which is very clever and very... Very funny. um, I like that. Yeah. Very (laughs) friends almost got me bashed at Blacktown Station. (laughs) Oh, those were the days getting bashed at Blacktown Station. Oh, God. I I... One of my fondest Blacktown Station stories... Mm Mm-hmm. Or memories is being there on the way to Homebake and drinking UDLs out of Gatorade bottles. Yum. This was at the start of my uh, alcoholism. This was at the start I of my alcoholism laugh, era. I, 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 I always laugh when I talk about it. It's not funny, but it was the start of my booze arc. It's, this is where my life really this fell. This is, off the you know, this is this is when this is when the writers decided to to give me another defining trait. <laughs> they were like, "This poor bitch does not have enough going on. Let's, Let's give chuck them some, some alcoholism characterization in there. and make him a drunkie." I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> I think actually a lot of this alcohol alcoholism mm. kind of stemmed from the autism in a way because I was so I didn't know how to act and when I was drunk I didn't have to worry about that I was untouchable why do you think I do it now (laughs) I I I really lent on that that was a major crutch for me yeah but this particular instance I was going to home bake with a friend of mine Mm -hmm. and you weren't old enough. No. Let me just say that right now. You were not old enough to attend. So before no. you're like, you went without me. You oh, went. No, no, old no, 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 no. I, 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 assume, <laughs> I, I, anytime you tell a story about a music festival, I just assume that I was not allowed to go. Um, yeah. I you went, went to one with me, didn't you? Very late, like later on. You maybe. must have gone to, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, the morning of this festival, my friend was over from Adelaide and was staying at my house and we decided that we weren't going to spend money on alcohol at this festival Mm. because it's a waste of money. So we got vodka and tequila Mm -hmm. and we got snap lock bags. We filled these bags, one with vodka, one with tequila. Uh And we thought, what better way to sneak this stuff into this festival? I think I know where this is going. Than to pad our bras with it because they're kind of like silicon pads. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we did that. We sealed them. We taped the top. We put them in the bras of the mm. morning of. And, um, well, we had them in our bags on the way. And then yeah. when we got there, we put them in our bras. Yeah. But when we got to the station, we bought Gatorade and we'd brought UDLs with us. So we bought mm. Gatorade, tipped the Gatorade out in the bathroom, filled the Gatorade bottles up with UDL, uh, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, basically soft drink, like passion fruit, like soda. Soft, yeah. With a lot of vodka yes but you yes. couldn't taste it because all you could taste was like i would down those i would oh, passion fruit so would I. Were my thing pa- the, the passion fruit ones there. and the orange ones we had a lot of passion those. fruit were my thing i couldn't yeah. have any other i like the orange ones because i was like wow it's just like fanta but now i can't walk straight <laughs> well i liked passion fruit because i was like this is just like passiona oh my god <laughs> so we did that and we were drinking at the train station and we had the the fun bags we called them fun bags <laughs> The snap look bags to kill you. You, you put you put the fun bags in with your fun bags. Exactly. That was that was it. We were like, oh, it's the fun bags because they were our fun bags. So we get to this festival. 
already drunk because we were drinking the whole time waiting for the train at Blacktown Station and drinking on the train and then because mm-hmm. we had a couple of it was bad yeah we stuff our bras with the fun bags wait in line getting to the front and then all of a sudden I can just smell tequila shit like, oh my god one of my fun bags is leaking <laughs> I no. looked down and I felt my fun bag and realized we had a fun bag malfunction going on the tequila fun bag had split oh because we taped it at the top yeah but i didn't realize at the time because i didn't have that much experience with snappy bags with like glad bags yeah that they they split in the corners and the sides where they're connected yeah so with the pressure of that one of them had burst (laughs) and just soaked my entire boob and my top and I was like oh my god oh my god it would have looked like you had a breast implant that's exploded yes yes and I was like this is horrible and I smell like I've been drinking all morning I had but I Mm. smelled like I've been drinking tequila all morning we got in with no issues I was so nervous I was like they're not gonna let me in we got in the vodka one was fine my friend's two fun bags were fine it was just Mm -hmm. my tequila one yeah we bought lemonade at one of the Uh, lemonade stands and a bottle of water and tipped the water out and Mm -hmm. then put some in the lemonade and then filled the water up with the fun bag things in the toilets. Yep. But we didn't have enough containers because water was $16 a bottle Mm. at Home Bake. So we bought one each. And then we ended up... Music festival prices, man. We ended up mixing the vodka and the tequila in the one bottle. Oh, And we called it Vodkila. (laughs) And we would just add that to our drinks throughout the day. And it was so strong that you couldn't taste the lemonade. It It was was, just booze. (laughs) Oh, my God, Jay. It was so bad. And then we bought, um, like, uppers from, like, legal uppers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was the worst experience. I was off my tits. And then I took the the, whatever You were off your fun bags. Oh, my God. You were off your fun bags, baby. (laughs) When I tell you, I was off my fun bags. I was fucked. I was out of it. I was rolling around. I am not saying this because I think it's cool. I had a problem. I had a big problem. I still have that problem, but I don't indulge in that problem anymore, which is I'm so proud of myself for. Jace is saying this because they're able to look back on this and laugh. Yes. I did not realize how fucked you laugh through the troms. You got to laugh oh, through the troms. Do I ever? Mm-hmm. So we ended up having to leave early. We saw the bands that we really wanted to see, mm. and then we ended up leaving early because we were both just fucked, and I had a it headache was and totally was... fuck eyed. Yeah, yeah, and it was hot as well. So yeah, it was heat that makes it and, worse. And dehydration because I hadn't had any water because, as we know, I tipped the water out to put the vodka in the oh, fucking no. bottle. You could, could have just drank it. You could have just drank it, but no, we just tipped it out. That's sixteen dollars water, Jace. <laughs> why waste tummy space on water when there's so much vodka to get through? <laughs> so much vodka. I, after that experience, stopped drinking mm. at festivals. Yeah. I never did it again because yeah. I was like, I did not enjoy this at all. I don't yeah. remember most of it. Mm-hmm. Could not tell you which bands I saw. Yeah, exactly. I just remember going home early. We got on the mm-hmm. train. We, first of all, we were walking past a pub. It was like 4.30. I do remember this very, very clearly. Walking past a pub and seeing 
television personality Richard Wilkins stumble out of that pub with I two women on his arm. I remember you telling me about this. Oh, my God. Yeah. A woman on each arm, just um, shirt unbuttoned down to the navel, just looking rougher than I felt. Damn, Richard. Get and it. just seeing him, I was yeah. like, whoa. And then we went home on the train and I was just, it was not, I <laughs> regret that yeah. so much. It makes for a fun story now, but. Yeah. And also I think of what could have happened. Yeah. Because we were, we were two girls mm-hmm. on a train, mm-hmm. completely blottoed. Yeah. On a mu- at a music festival, completely blottoed. Anything could have fucking happened to us. Yeah. I am so lucky. And I just think. It's not worth it. Like, none of that, yeah. to me, looking back, was worth it. But yeah, no. it was my crutch. I needed it. Mm-hmm. I needed it. And also, because it was such a huge social thing, I needed it for that as well. Mm. But yeah, that's uh, oh my God, the story of when my fun bags broke. It's <laughs> the story of when your fun bags broke. Holy shit. Um, I think I... Unless, the, unless you did end up taking me to one when I was a bit younger... I've only ever been to two music festivals and they were the same music festival, just two different years. Was it download um, or something? No, actually. And I think I've spoken about this on the pod before because I had a rather interesting uh, tryst at one of them. Uh, I've been to Laneway twice and that's literally yeah. it. I yeah. went like 2014, 2016. Uh, they were great years for Laneway. Churches was there both times. 2016, Grimes was there. And this was when people liked Grimes. I still like Grimes. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I still like Grimes. I really like Grimes. Um, you, you can like Grimes in the way that I can like the Bloodhound Gang. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and I think I got heat stroke both times. And I wasn't like, I, I, I was having a lot of water. And I think I only had a couple of alcoholic drinks because again, fucking music festival prices were mm-hmm. ridiculous. Why do you think we invented fun bags? <laughs> I... Looking back, I'm like, damn, I should have thought about fun bags. Ugh. Well, if you ever decide to do fun bags, reinforce them because you got to reinforce those fun bags. Um, But I remember, I think it was the 2016 one. I ran into a workmate of mine there. And like, I find this really funny that you're the one that's like sneaking alcohol into music festivals and doing drugs and stuff, knowing who you are as a person. And then knowing Mm -hmm. who I am as a person, I would not. No, I was like, Mm -hmm. no. I'm not even going to try because I'll get arrested. Um, And I ran into a workmate of mine and they were like, oh, I just got my shit confiscated. Do you have any, do you have any, um, do you have any pills? And I'm like, I was like, I've got (laughs) no-dos. Oh my God. No-do. I took, I took no-dos with me because I know that I tire out really easily. And this laneway is a one day festival. Um, so, and I, there were acts that were on early that I wanted to see and there were acts that were on later that I wanted to see. And I was going to be there all day and I was like, fuck, okay, I'm going to bring some nodos um, cause they'll let me have that. And then that way I don't have to keep buying energy drinks or even like alcohol with like Coke in it or anything like that. And she just looks at me and she's like, nah, I'm fine. Thanks. I'm like, that's the right decision. You go on your merry way. Bless. <laughs> no dose never worked for me. I, I I used to get the extra strong ones uh, and they worked for me at the time. Now, now like caffeine and uppers and stuff don't particularly 
work oh, no. for me as intended. I can have a coffee and an energy drink and then go to sleep. Like yeah, no. immediately. <laughs> I love an I love a nap after a big can of V. Um, mm-hmm. the, the only thing that really works for me anymore, and, uh, I mean, we're getting into some drug talk here, so warning for that. Um, the only thing that works for me anymore is cocaine. <laughs> and Children that's be- listening, that's do not because do cocaine. That's because it's so much, you know? <laughs> like it's And just, it's so wow. bad for you, which it's is so- why it works. It's so bad for you and mm-hmm. you shouldn't do it, children. Yes. Don't do cocaine. Don't do cocaine. Watch Heartstopper again. <laughs> don't do as I say and don't do as I do. Exactly. Don't, that should be the don't new do tagline. New, new tagline. Just don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. Just but, don't. See, I think that we have these tales to tell and hopefully we can spare the youth of today from coming through what we went through, learning things. I feel like um, I feel like when we were younger as well, it was a lot easier to sneak shit into places. It was so oh, yeah. much easier to sneak shit into places. Now they are relentless. They are ruthless. Um, you know, they will give you a fucking pat down and it's, uh, degrading and it's awful. And like, that's the thing as much as I would like to, you know, take a couple of, uh, MDMA caps at a festival. And I think that would be a really fun time. As much as you would like to take a couple of Panadols at a festival. I don't want to have to go through the experience of potentially getting caught and getting roughed up by a police officer. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want that to happen. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there are people out there that are braver than I that will do that shit and like, fuck yeah. Um, if I'm going to be doing, if I'm going to be taking Panadols, I will do it at a place where I know I will not uh, potentially run into police officers. So yes, because we know from experience mm-hmm. that police officers do not respect the bodily autonomy of mm. people, anyone, especially yeah. people who present as women. They just yes. don't give a fuck. Yes. And as much as I like to think I'm a big tough guy who wears my big boots and my flannel shirts and I look feminine. Mm-hmm. I look very feminine. It is a curse. Um, <laughs> but it is. It is. And, like, I, I would not want to even slightly have a chance of putting myself through that. No way. Fuck no. I watched so many people. I have seen so many people get frisked. frisked oh, my God. Frisked by police. It's horrific. I, yeah, it's awful. I mean, I, it's bad enough going through airport security as a person who is not white every single fucking time. My dad, yep. every time, randomly selected. Me, every single time, randomly selected mm-hmm. for a, a bomb thing and for a pat down. Every yep. single fucking time. Yep. That's bad enough. But having the sniffer dogs come up at a festival, watching people get detected by the sniffer dogs and then yeah. the way that the police handle people at music festivals is disgusting. It's fucked. It's absolutely it is fucked disgusting. up. It's awful. And I would never want to go through that. Yeah, um, just don't invite yeah. it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I... It's never your fault, but mm. just oh, no, no, in no, no, this no, no. instance no. is like... Like, if you if you can do things that you can do to avoid it, do it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and this this isn't me... Being like, oh, it's your fault. Don't have fun. No, no, no. no. It, it no. is. No. But if there are things that you can do to, like, lessen your chance of having to go through that experience, that is what I would advise to do. Obviously, you're going to be yourselves. You're going to go live your own lives. Do what you're going to do. But mm-hmm. for me, that is not something I would want to even potentially put myself through because I know um, that it is awful and traumatic. And with the trauma mm-hmm. that I already have, it's going to make a big trauma fucking sandwich and I won't leave the house oh, ever yeah. again. Exactly. <laughs> The harsh reality of it is that this happens and yeah. if you can protect yourself from it, then that's awesome. 
Yeah, exactly. The next big concert that I know I'm going to, I mean, I'm sure I'll have like smaller gigs uh, here and there between now and then, but the next big concert that I know I'm going to is my chemical romance. (laughs) And if I had that concert ruined for me, I would be so devastated. I yeah. would be inconsolable. Um, so, yeah. The the only things I'm going to be taking to the My Chemical Romance concert are um, a, a wallet full of maybe $2,000 that I have saved up. Because, I, no, I'm, Jace, I'm literally <laughs> going to do this. This is my plan. I, between now and then, I am literally going to save as much money as possible so that I can buy literally everything at the merch table because of who I am as a person. <laughs> I knew it was either going to be that or you were going to get it all taken out in $5 notes and just chuck it at them on the stage like they were strippers. <laughs> well, sadly, I'm not in the pit. I'm up in the stands because... Oh, you little disabled bitch. I know, I know. Like, well, that's the thing. Um, I'll I'll go in the... I, I know my limit's a lot better now. I'll go in the pit for smaller gigs. Um, There's a local mm-hmm. band called Johnny Hunter that I want to see coming up and I think they're at like... It's like Oxford Art or something. Johnny Hunter, we know you're listening fucking hope so they're great um (laughs) i i will i will go in the pit for that because it's a smaller gig it's not gonna go as long um and yeah like i saw them i saw them recently at uh like i think it was like the warren view hotel in newtown and they were fucking fantastic the pit was insane i got pushed around a lot but i was like this is this is something that i've signed up for and it's not going to be a super long gig. So I can do this. I know my limits. If I was to be in the pit for an entire My Chemical Romance gig, I mm-hmm. don't know how I would get out of that. Um, I would get very tired and I probably wouldn't enjoy myself as much. Like, I mean, as much as like I think about it and I romanticize the idea of like being in the pit and screaming along to Helena with people and jumping around, that would be so awesome and so fun. But there is a chance that I could ruin the gig for myself because... If I tire myself out too quickly and I'm too tired to enjoy the My Chemical Romance concert, I will hate myself for the rest of my life. You can, you can have that experience in the, up in the the gallery anyway. Mm. Like Mm. there'll be people around you that are feeling the same. I, (laughs) pathetic, I know. I saw Ringo Starr perform and I was up in the gallery watching him. I was quite close, but I was Mm. up high. I wasn't down on the floor. And I was bawling my eyes out because I mm-hmm. love Ringo. And I yeah. just, it was such an experience for me. Yeah. And the people around me as well were crying. And we were like, there was this strange woman next to me that I'd never, like, not a strange woman, just a stranger who was a woman. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't a freak or anything. <laughs> but she was, like, older, maybe, like, yeah. 20 years older than me. She yeah. was there by herself. I was there next to her and we mm. were both bawling our eyes out Aww. and she was like leaning on me and I was like we see were that's like, so lovely I love like experiences you can have, like that you can definitely have those moments up there you yeah. don't have to be down there and you're gonna have such a better experience not worrying yeah. about when your body's gonna quit on you or exactly. what's gonna happen exactly. to you in the pit or if you're gonna be able to walk afterwards like yeah yeah like you you don't want to ruin that for yourself. Absolutely no, exactly. Not. Exactly. If I ruined that for myself, I would never forgive myself. We're like um, side stage, basically. So it's still going to be a pretty mm. good view. Uh, if nice. we were up if we were up the back, I'd be like, mm, yeah, but we're like in one of the like uh, fucking things that's like kind of to the side of the stage. So we're still going to have a good view. And I'm like, honestly, this is best case scenario because I'm still fairly close 
but I'm not going to injure myself. I will injure myself emotionally because they will start playing their mm. first song. And even if it's not a sad one, I will just immediately start crying and I will be crying for the entirety of the I gig. know. The first note will happen. It will be like, ding, and you'll be like, ah! Yeah, you're yeah. all crying now just thinking about it. Shut up! <laughs> I'm not picking on you. I'm just making an observation. No. I'm so excited, Jace. I know. <laughs> Bree, it has been a pleasure speaking to you Thank today. Thank you, Jace. And being around your joy is awesome. And I appreciate you sharing everything that you shared with me today. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But I do have a question. You do. I'm, I'm ready for it. Even though I filled snaplock bags with vodka and tequila, put them in my bra and called them fun bags to try and sneak them into a music festival, oh then they broke God. and then I combined it and then got drunk and then took a strange pill and then had to go home early. <laughs> do you still like me? I fucking love you. And also I, I love that because like, as much as I've said, I'm not going to try and sneak shit into music festivals. I'll try and sneak shit. In, I'll try and sneak shit into other places. And that sounds like something that I would do now. I've, I've literally. You can have that. I've taken makeup bottles full of alcohol into places before. And then you like spray it like the old sour spray lolly yeah, um, yeah. water. Literally, I've done that. I've done that. When I've been really broke, I'm just like, well, I want to have a fun time. So yeah. Um. Yes, I still like you. I love you too. I, I love you to the moon and back. Absolutely. Um, fuck. Oh, no, I need... Jace. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Even though I essentially commandeered the first 45 minutes to an hour of this podcast <laughs> with my emotions, my emotions that I can't keep on the inside, <laughs> just me being a massive emo, as we all know that I am and as I always have been, <laughs> do you still like me? I do, because I feel like in your fragile state, if I were to say no, you would immediately <laughs> jump in front of traffic. It's like, Ree, I know that I know that this is really important to you, but um, it's made me reconsider some things about our friendship. And then I'm just gone. And, I'm just gone. I've realised over the course of this episode that I really don't connect with you. And I think I I've realised like that it's best. I don't like you. <laughs> I just feel like it's best if we go our separate ways. Could um, you imagine? Oh my god, that would be. And that's how I reveal that the podcast is ending. <laughs> this is this is our grand finale episode. It's just me talking about MCR for an hour, and then you getting drunk thanks, off tequila. Thanks, Gerard. No, but really, thanks, Gerard. Thank you, Gerard, for everything. For everything you've Thank done you. for me. Thank you. Thanks, Gerard. Thank you, Al Thank you, Jace. Thanks, Al Qaeda. And I think that's where we cut it. This has been another episode of Do You Still Like Me? A podcast for the unhinged by the unhinged. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at DYSLMPod. And you can also contact us at DYSLMPod at gmail.com. You can find me, Ree, on Instagram and Twitter at Remansel. And you can find Jace on Instagram at jace.cordova and on Twitter at jacecordova. Thanks for listening.